Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, badgering the waitress. Max brings the case against his good friend Andy with a dispute about customer service. If Max is at a bar or restaurant and needs something, he feels comfortable flagging down a server for assistance. Andy says Max's behavior is rude and that he's making the waitstaff angry with his actions. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Bah humbug. No, that's too strong. Because it is my favorite holiday. But all this year has been a busy blur. Don't think I have the energy to add to my already mad rush. Just because it's tis the season. The perfect gift for me would be completions and connections left from last year. Ski shopping. Encounter. Most interesting. Had his number, but never the time. Most of 81 passed along those lines. So deck the halls, trim those trees, raise up a cup of Sadvent cheer. I just need to catch my breath. Sadvent by myself this year. Merry Sadvent, Merry Sadvent, but I think I'll miss this one this year. Merry Sadvent, Merry Sadvent, but I couldn't miss this one this year. Bailiff Jesse, please swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he's only dined alone since the (laughs) mid-1970s? I do. I do. Very well, Judge Hodgman. Max, Andy, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in your favor. Can either one of you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom, Max? Um, kind of a shot in the dark here, but is it something David Sedaris wrote? No, it is not. You are completely wrong. Andy. I am swinging and missing like Adam Dunn. That is a sportsman's reference. (laughs) That it is. Then there is an immediate summary judgment in Max's favor. You win, Max. Go (laughs) home. (laughs) Thank you, Judge. Just so I know for future reference, I presume that that's a baseball reference. Swinging and missing. It's not a cricket reference, is it? Or a a golf reference? (laughs) It would be terrible if there was a professional golfer famous for swinging and missing. (laughs) I suppose that would be the worst. When he gets it, I mean, he really does a nice job. (laughs) Who's Andy Dunn, Jesse? Adam Dunn is Adam, uh, Dunn, whatever. Adam Dunn is a famous baseball player who's best known for, uh, as Rob Deere before him, uh, doing what baseball statistics mm-hmm. nerds call the three true outcomes, which is the only three things that only have to do with the relationship between the batter and the pitcher, walking, striking out, or hitting a home run. The three true outcomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound like something you'd be into? I'm, I'm really into that. That is, that is profound. Yeah. It is also it is also the name it would be the name of a band that I would be really interested in till I realized that they got their name from bases ball and then I would be like disgusted with myself and the world. Is that why you won't listen to <laughs> Yaz anymore? That's true. And I Yola Tango? Lo- what yeah. about Yola Tango? You won't listen to is them Yola- anymore since you found that out. Oh, that's a that's a baseball reference? It is. I always wondered why. I just thought it was a dumb world music name that they chose and had to stick with. No, it's a, there's a famous there's a famous story about the New York Mets uh, that involves it's too too involved to get into, but it involves the phrase Yola Tango, and I think it's what they're named after. That means I've got it, I've got it. Exactly. Presum- presumably, a, a Latino baseball player wanted to catch the ball in his in his in his catching mitt. Precisely. Well, what did I know? Hey, George, and uh, I mean Georgia and Ira and James. Um, now I understand your band name. Well, it's been sports' talk with John and Jesse and guys. See you next time, guys. No, you're all wrong. Ad, uh, Andy and Max. That First of all, it could not be David Sedaris because of the uh, reference to 1981, which is <laughs> some years before David Sedaris contributed the Santaland Diaries to This American Life, the biggest breakout success in public radio history. To be fair, his big breakout success was not on This American Life. I think it was, it was on, on right. All Things Considered or Morning all Edition. Things, all Things, I, I think it was All Things Considered, but I'm not sure. But I think that I think that Ira, 
I think so I love how he segued so nicely between, you know, sports history to public radio history. That's yeah, pretty much. Ira did produce. Ira poles. did produce the Santa Land Diaries for whichever one of public radio's flagship uh, uh, news and information programs uh, right. he produced it for. In the nerdy playground game of running bases, public radio and baseball are the two things that we are constantly running back and forth to and uh, away from. In any case, gentlemen, no, you're wrong. The song, it is a song that I was referring to. I, I was not going to try to sing it because apparently Doug Benson did that for comedic effect already, which I found <laughs> when I was searching up the song. It is a song by a, uh, a, a post-punk new wave band from the early 80s called The Waitresses. Get it? Ooh. Get it? Get it. Ah. To, mm. paraf- to paraphrase Gary the Squirrel, get it? Get it? And the band uh, and the song itself is called Christmas Rapping, where rapping is spelled W-R-A-P-P-I-N-G. It follows in the in the in the short tradition of new wave bands uh, trying on uh, uh, rap artistry and with medium success. The other person in that tradition, of course, is Blondie. Um, which is actually good. That's a good. That's a good song, and so is ra- Christmas rapping. Is also a good song, though the rapping in it is pretty awkward. Uh, and of course, I did not. And, and that song does not reference Christmas, which, by the way, uh, Judge John Hodgman listeners, at the time of this uh, recording, we are um, heading uh, uh, it, like a freight train into Black Friday as we record this. Thanks for joining us on Thanksgiving Eve, guys. But also, we made a reference to Sadvent. Uh, which is the alternative uh, uh, morose Christmas that is celebrated, to the best of my knowledge, by one family in Alabama, uh, Jason and Brandy Sims of uh, of Huntsville, Alabama, who were guests on this program a long time ago. So it's uh, – how old are you two guys? Um, 27 and 26. All right. You're, I'm you're, the you're, old one. Max right. is the oldest. Right. So, Very so you are you were you were born in in after this song came out. Yeah, the later eighties. The later eighties. So there's no the way you could have 80s. known this, and that is why in, I chose in the it. height of Reagan times. Max, you bring the case, even though there is no question at first read that you are the criminal. You, of course, Andy is claiming Andy is 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 slandering your character by going around town. And what town do you live in, guys? Madison, Wisconsin. Going around Madison, Wisconsin, claiming that you, Max, are rude to waiters and waitresses and, uh, and, and servers in bars. Tell me what's going on, Max. That is exactly what he's doing, running my good name through the mud, Judge. Yeah, like every time, like sometimes when we're at a wait, like the the industry that these people are in, which I which I respect. These people, respect, right? These people. Ugh, these people. These people. I'm sorry that these that some of these people. Some, some people. <laughs> Go on. These people work in an industry where they do not deserve so, basic human dignity. It's, it's, Is that what you were going to say? Um, no, not, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I won't phrase it exactly like that, but either way, they work in an industry like, where it's their job to provide good customer service to customers. I'm always trying to, yeah, good, a good waiter, a good waiter or bartender will frequently check up on their customers and, and try not to be ignored. Like if someone has an empty drink at a bar, they should kind of notice and say, hey, would you like a refill? I shouldn't have to flag them down. But sometimes when it gets to that point, you know, where say like, wow, I I need a refill here or Look, I, hey, where's I appreciate, our food? I, I appreciate that you're immediately on the defense. <laughs> but but you should you should a, a, a polite gentleman should have nothing to apologize for because you're not wrong. There are times when you require some attention in a bar or a restaurant. And are we talking about bars or restaurant mostly here, Andy? Both. We are talking about each. Uh, instance, okay. I guess typically stand by, bars. Stand by, stand, you answered my question. Yep. Stand by, please, sir. Sure. Ugh, I will have order. <laughs> there are times in bars and restaurants both when you require a little attention. And there are some techniques for getting catching the waiter or waitress's Right. Well, let's just say waiter. Let's just say there, there was a time in the in the in the go go uh, politically correct 1990s when we were all supposed to start saying waitron. 
But I hope you don't mind if I if I gender if I gender uh, splice it and and refer to waiters or waitresses. Is that all right or service personnel? So sure. Max, can how- we please use Waitron specifically for cyborg waiter and waitresses? <laughs> that's fine. Thank you. That's that's perfectly reasonable. I don't want to I don't want to forget uh, our, uh, our our fellow citizens in the singularity. But Max, how do you get a Waitron's attention? Well, I guess my typical te- technique to start off with is if I see someone walking by and she's like not – and I haven't noticed her, him or her, I should say, yeah, like going by doing something else or what if they're just like washing dishes, I'll like put my hand up a little in there. Hey, say, hey excuse me. It'll be <laughs> – see, which Andy just finds hysterical. All right, Andy. It's Andy, a tone stop. issue. Uh, 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 so how does he Andy give me an, your impression of how Max says excuse me when he says it okay he says it leaned over the bar with a hand oftentimes very far in the air he'd snap if he could I'm concerned uh, pretty sure but That's he says true. excuse me excuse me excuse me and then he garners the attention of the perhaps bartender that is helping maybe somebody else with a couple drinks or perhaps tending to something with his back turned Oh, I see. Now, Andy, do I do I detect a, a an accent in your voice of some kind? I'm catching a little, I don't know, Mid Atlantic Higgins or Thurston Howell the Third. What do you, what's going on? I, I you're bringing me right back to my Yale days. But what what uh, what what accounts for your for your accent? If if you were to say, uh, that's a loaded question. Uh, I think it's college. I grew up in Milwaukee and transferred mm-hmm. uh, by way all the way to Madison. That's a big oh, that trip is, that, west. I should have I should have known. That is a Milwaukee accent if I've ever heard one, sir. Mm. Yes, yes, well, people tend to start putting on airs once they hit Madison. <laughs> uh, pardon me, but I am from Milwaukee, and uh, this does not uh, comport to my standards. <laughs> exactly. So, no, but, but I don't mean to make fun of the way you talk, sir. I mean, I guess I did mean to because I was, but... Uh, but 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 seriously, so you're from Milwaukee, and you mo- you moved to Madison to to go to to go to the university there. Yep, correct. We've known each other since fifth grade. Go so for yeah, it. since yeah, Andy and I met when I'm I actually moved spent the first ten years of my life living in Charleston, South Carolina, then moved up to the Milwaukee area when I was ten, where I met Andy in the fifth grade. Okay, and we've been good Were friends ever since. Were the two of you in the same fraternity? Uh, Neither of us are in fraternities, actually. Which is the best part. We are just caretakers, curators of fraternities. Yeah, it's way different. Andy, you work at a real estate firm that manages fraternity houses and other student housing. Is that correct? That is correct. And that is your profession? Uh, yes. Yes, indeed. This is what I'm doing with my life. Okay. okay. That's, that's, what, that's what you get money for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, obviously, you've got a lot of other... You, you've, you've got a lot of other hobbies. You, you, Naturally. You, you've got some sartorial eccentricities that I can tell you're champing at the bit to talk about. And, <laughs> you've, got, and you've got a love of language. Uh, but but you are, you're paid to do this real estate stuff for the time being, right? This is the, this is the case, you, yes. And you have recruited from childhood your friend Max, your ill-mannered friend Max, and you, have sent, you send him into these fraternities as a mole, as a spy? Uh, Do not, they know not that he a spy, works for really. you? Yes, so they're well aware. He's not very well okay. disguised. No, they're they know I'm like there. He, he's not like he's hi- it's not like he's hiding in a in a secret chamber in the house. He's not like a, he's not like a Gary Busey and Hyder in the house. Hat tip to Tom Sharpling. I am somewhat secluded in the top floor, to truth be told, in the penthouse, as I call it. <laughs> they know I'm there. Right, and so it's they're your not job very threatened. To- if you if you if you if you observe through the through the eye holes of the paintings on the wall hazing that goes a little bit beyond the norm or some undue uh, behavior uh, untoward behavior you 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 try to you try to you, you try to put a, a cap on it and that's not even that's that that's technically above my pay grade I'm not around to really enforce that so what is what is your job exactly to soak up the vomit and blood with a big sponge. And then and then crawl up up to the attic and fall asleep under a thin blanket while shuddering <laughs> at the humanity that you have witnessed. That 
I, I've seen some things, Your Honor. All right. I've seen some so, things. Andy, this this is is Max your employee or are you just co employee Are you both? Are you colleagues? Uh, technically, he would be an employee, but since we are such mm-hmm. good friends, he gets jumped right up to the colleague status, if you if you will. All right, that's fine. But you have uh, an interest in making sure that he is uh, being a good role model for the for the young monsters who live in this frat, and that he treats other humans with respect and dignity. Is that not correct? That is true. Uh, that is right. correct, and he's proved fairly functional in that regard because they're likely just not members of the wait staff. Right. So, what other what other infractions has has Max? Uh, is Max guilty of? This is your mo- this is your moment to jut your chin out above your ascot and say jacuse, but specifically with regard to handling of waitstaff and bar staff. Aside from leaning over the bar and obnoxiously yelling "Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me" over and over again to someone who has their back turned to him and is busy, is there anything else that you need to draw attention to that Max has done wrong? Sure. He has um, garnered us some more than questionable service while we've been eating food for uh, taking the bartender away from other people at a barbecue restaurant that we were at. And then we proceeded to get poor service throughout the Packer game and who knows what happened to our food. Um, He has also uh, kind of confronted waitresses that are carrying perhaps empty plates back. They might not even be our waitress. What? And then asked them for – any the condiment, a beer, something to that effect. He just doesn't have um, – he thinks that the waitresses and the wait staff, the wait people, the, the waitrons are there for his benefit, us. to serve him specifically and not the entire establishment. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't quite work that way in my opinion. I don't know if it's relating to – if it's – why he can't get their attention if he's looking like he's not making eye contact or what have you, but it's, it should just take a slight raise of the finger, if anything, and some eye contact, whereas Max requires a, a hand in the air, um, uh, some voices to be t- said, offered, some excuse me's, which are polite in theory, but the, the tone, again, I come back to the tone. I, I'm going to rest my case there. Andy, where did you learn your manners? Your restaurant manners, specifically. My parents and grandparents and people around me, uh, social cues. Max, sure. Max has sure. generated cringes. In, po- in posh Milwaukee. But Max posh grew Mil- up on the mean, streets of, mm-hmm. the mean streets of Charleston, South Carolina. You know what I mean? Oh, you man. wear red pants, but that guy, that guy wore seersucker until he was nine years old. He doesn't know how the world works. There are no, there's no, there's, there's no, there are no gentle people in Charleston, South Carolina. That's obviously not true, Max. There are plenty of gentle people, are there not? They're gentle men, some would argue. Yeah, yeah, and no women. Right. So let me, Max, where did you learn your restaurant manners? My restaurant manners came from my mother. (laughs) Who, by okay. the way, is a very big fan of this program, but... Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. You, sh- you yeah. should have taught your son better. <laughs> <laughs> well, this case is like, she, but she also has a kind of similar grasp that I do that, hey, like, if it's been a while since we've interacted with our server to say, hey, excuse me, hey, can we get another blooming Onion, or, you know, or something like that. Now, wh- why are you ordering blo- Blooming Onions? Oh, down in some parts of South Carolina, there's a few restaurants that are famous for making them. Okay. And not in like that, like the corporate way, but really nicely fried. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. But but you're but you're not eating that food now, are you? No, they're hard to come by up in up in Madison here. But Cheese I guess curds. what I'm saying is like Cheese curds. Blooming, blooming Onion, of course, is a, I don't want to – we're already on the verge of buzz marketing, but that is a registered trademark of a certain chain restaurant. Oh, no. Did you, did you grow up going to, to corporate chain restaurants? No, I did not. I, I remember that there's a plate – like, I don't know, what, what's the regular term for it? I was just uh, – I know that it has been using that ad campaign, but I was unaware that – 
it had other origins. Proper nomenclature. Okay. Proper nomenclature, sure. I'm glad you got in nomenclature there, Andy. Name is fine. He's, Name is no, fine. Great book. Yep, that's fine. Uh, so far, I've heard about a barbecue restaurant, and clearly you guys are going to bars. Any? Are you going to any fine or medium dining? I mean, because here's the thing. Madison, Wisconsin has some great restaurants. Yeah, we do some right. medium dining, but we don't dine fine, really. We're going to... You know, the, maybe like the t- uh, we don't want to name names, but establishments off the square. Um, nothing over mm-hmm. twenty dollars an entree because we're not we don't class like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not. But we tip well, at least I yeah. do. You're just a posh Milwaukeean slumming it in the in the beer halls of Madison, Wisconsin. I understand. It's rough. Real do rough. You ever go to the tornado room? Been there once. <laughs> we pass by it pretty regularly. <clears throat> On the way to the paradise. Why don't you guys go to the tornado rip? Does that have a, a reputation? And that, for I steaks. There's a reputation for steaks, and apparently, good deal after 10, 10 p.m. <laughs> are you uh, are you vegetarians? Oh no, no we're burger guys. I see. mostly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Then you can treat. Then you don't have to have any uh, any manners at all. Good day, sirs. <laughs> uh let me ask you this uh max uh do you think that one thing that i've heard from andy amidst all of the um fancy words that he's thrown around is that you will sometimes uh approach a server maybe who's clearing another table and bringing glasses back to the bar to the kitchen and you'll say hey can i get another beer is that more or less true I will not get out of my seat and approach someone who's clearly bussing a table or taking another another table's order. But if they're walking back like towards the kitchen, it's like, hey, a refill of Coke would be great. And, she, and they're always like, oh, sure. And that's as far as I'll now, go me, there. I'm not. Do, but but is this some? Do, do you do you believe? Are you a sociopath? Do you do you are you able to discern? the different faces of the people who are serving you at a restaurant, or do you think that they all share the same hive mind that, I, that, I, she, <laughs> that he or she will telepathically alert your server that you need another Coke the moment you say it to them? Do they think you think they all share the same set of eyes? Um, I, I kind of doubt it. They all seem like different people to me. Each of them working very Andy, hard. Do your imitation. That's the point. Excuse me. Well, Excuse no, me. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> all, all right. I can see why you find that to be unnerving. Max, I don't do anything. He's exaggerating thought. that. Andy, you're un- Andy, you're under fake oath. Are you exaggerating it or not? I'm not. It makes me cringe. Right. He's exaggerating. Put him in fake contempt. My ultimate trump card is it's not like like people go go bartend or or be our waiters or waitresses just because they love hanging out at the restaurant. It is a job that they are getting paid for and tipped for. <laughs> I'm happy to provide tips for good service. Yeah, these are people whoa, who have whoa, stressful whoa, jobs. Whoa. Wait a minute. I don't like the way you emphasized for good service when you said I'm happy to tip. <laughs> I'm happy to provide tips for good service. I didn't like your tone when you said, this is a job they're getting paid for. (laughs) Do you feel it's only appropriate to treat slaves well? (laughs) Uh, Maybe you guys came off a little passionately there. It's a southern thing. It's it's part of my southerness, you know. Oh, that's not good either. Um, But... Well, there's nothing nothing about you that, that, that reads southern right now. You seem like a, a scrappy young man from the Bowery, circa <laughs> circa nineteen thirty two. I'm never disrespect. I'm never like when you tip, when you tip him. When you tip him, do you bite on a nickel and then fling it at him? <laughs> <laughs> well, I usually when I throw a tip, I usually just tell him to go to community college. But otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you, uh, fifteen to twenty percent, I think, is perfectly reasonable. Have you ever gotten a barkeep's attention by snapping your suspenders? <laughs> Actually, when, I did once, but may I it, may yeah. I may I ask you to roll back? And there was some comment that you made um, about community college. What was that? I missed that. <laughs> oh no! Tip, that'll be my. That could be. My tip to a waiter, but that's 
Yeah, see, that would be that's kind of a mean, mean joke. That's, of course, a Wait. joke. Yeah, I know, but you said it, and I didn't hear it. So what your tip to a waiter would be what? <laughs> Go back to community college. Go back to community college? You never say that to someone, do you? Oh, no, absolutely not. That's would be cruel. That would be so mean. That's the kind but of thing you'd save for a podcast that, uh, that yeah. your, your parents are probably going to listen to. Oh, they where sure were, will. Where were you educated, Max? Oh, I was educated at the University of Wisconsin in Whitewater. Okay. What's the difference between that campus and Madison? Oh, <laughs> Don't get me a, started. That's a subject, Andy. Well, it's a small... Well, it's no, a, you know what? If, I'd, like to, I'd like to hear what uh, Thurston Howell has to say about that. Andy? And, what, Andy? <laughs> oh, what's, really? the difference between, what's the difference between the Whitewater campus and the Madison campus? Oh, Andy Whitewater is more of a commuter campus. They actually tailor to – they've got a great wheelchair basketball team and a wonderful football team that wins Division Three titles each year. Um, but it's about maybe a roughly a, less than a fifth the size, I want to say, of UW's campus. It is um, in a much smaller town. They have a um, great supper club. Uh, what's that spot called? Randy's Fun Hunters Club? No buzz marketing. Okay, no buzz marketing. <laughs> uh, it's just it's a different kind of community. It's about 45 minutes southeast of Madison and about 50 minutes southwest of Milwaukee, making it a choice mm-hmm. spot for many of Wisconsin's aspiring young businessmen and political scientists and the like. So, oh, but Madison's right, much sir. better. And I have, where, a, I have and, a question. Please. It's, sorry mm-hmm. to interject here, but did the two of you guys – have a discussion before you came on the show about wanting to seem like the worst people in the world, or does that just come naturally to you? I hold order, order, order. Ad hominem <laughs> attacks are not allowed in this courtroom, Jesse. What about <laughs> passive aggressive remarks about wheelchair basketball teams and Division Three? Well, they're, they're number one <laughs> in the nation. Number one wheelchair basketball program in the country. I'm not saying any such Many years things. in a row. That's something that Max... Lots. It's a, something to hang the hat on. You don't have as many things to hang the cap on when you're in Whitewater and when you're a warthog. All right, I just have a, I just have a couple. I what did what was that last thing? A warthog? What? Warhawk. A warhawk. A, they've got a purple eagle as their mascot. It's majestic. That's a, that's that's in that's in Whitewater. A warhawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Not they're not badgers too. No, they should be. But why they can't, aren't they? Nobody. Not everyone can be badgers. Now, may I presume, Andy, that you were educated at the University of Wisconsin at Madison? Yes, I, I am a badger. <laughs> presume away. Yep. All right. And yep. uh, just a quick question, Max, before I retire to my chambers. Uh, you said, aside from making a joke about encouraging people to go back to community college, you would normally tip how much? I'd say, I'd say 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. And how often do you not tip a month? I never not tip. Andy, do you have a specific accusation of non-tipping? I, I, I know for a fact that Max is non-tipped, but it would be on a drink or two. I mean, he's not just totally non – not in a, a, an eating setting. It, if he's going in for a beer, sometimes he will not tip. But I don't know exactly how many dollars he tips. He doesn't tip as much as I do, but it doesn't it, – that's not really the point. He does tip, per se. That's not the issue at hand. A whitewater boy may simply not have the means that a Madison man has. True, true. Whitewater's many distinguished alumni. He doesn't. I mean, he's, he doesn't have that scholarship since he's in Division Three and not Division One. That's tough. Exactly. What do you tip? What do you tip, Andy? You're you're setting the standard here for your friend Max. What mm-hmm. do you tip on a restaurant check, and what do you tip per drink at the bar? Uh, I trip tip one to two dollars per drink at the bar at the least, and then uh, the restaurant tip I usually go twenty to twenty five percent, and it, it can go more if they're really bad. Sometimes they get fifteen percent, but I can only count two or three times that that's ever happened. And finally, Max, uh, I have one final question for you. Um, how why does Andy talk that way, Max? You know. As, as You've many. known him since you were 10 years old. And, and Andy, I want to say this plainly. Like, I dig it. I dig the way you're talking. It's got, you've got a really cool voice. But Thanks, it's not something I associate with, with, uh, with Milwaukee necessarily, though I could be wrong. 
Um, does it, does it come from a, does it come, have you always spoken this way? Is it your family way of talking? Is there a, is there a, a school thing that happened? Uh, it, what, what's the explanation? Can either of you provide me an explanation? Well, I, I could probably get a little insight for you there, John. Like Andy is Andy, much like many other University of Wisconsin students, are very, very proud of themselves <laughs> and like throwing big words into conversations where you don't really need to throw in big words. Then often, t- often referencing their alma mater and looking down upon anyone who didn't go to that same Buckeye school. Or oh, no, that's the Badgers. That's my bad there. Buckeye the Badgers. is Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, that's You know that's where right. you are at any given moment? All right. Well, Axwell grinded, time. Max. Andy, uh, am I off base here by... You've got a you've got a very cool, and it's not just the words you choose, but a but a but a very like a, a, a somewhat I would say stylized sort of cadence of speaking, very very sophisticated sounding. Is this is this something that I am that I am picking up on wrongly? Yeah, I'll accept it. Uh, I've got it many times before. It keeps me in mm-hmm. rhythm. My family's full of euphemisms, so I speak kind of like. Um, uh, like somebody that might speak in a weird cadence, or maybe. What do you that has mean? Your accent. family is full of euphemisms. Uh, we've got many euphemisms. Wait, wait, do you mean that they're full of malapropisms? What? Wh- where? Because if you, if I were to guess that one of you came from Charleston, South Carolina, it would not be you, Max. You sound like human garbage. But Andy, you've got you've got the sophist- you've got the the talk of a sophisticate, and you even said something that your family is full of euphemisms. And I am totally at a loss, sir. What does that mean? I, I think it's just a way of speaking to people with uh, talking about uh, any number of sort of different situations, and then tossing in a, a nice euphemism that doesn't totally fit um, for comedic relief. And um, th- that's, I guess, the best way that I can describe it. It's like can the you give chicken me an and example? the pig and the ham and egg breakfast, something like that. The chicken and the pig and the ham and egg breakfast. It's where the uh, chicken is involved and the pig is committed. Uh, the chicken gives an egg, but the pig gives a leg. Oh, give me a break, man, really. Say more of these crazy nonsense words. <laughs> this is my favorite sure. part so far. I'm fairly sure one of us is having a stroke. <laughs> and whoever is the person who's having a stroke started out talking in Cockney, Cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> Andy, did you go to private school? No, public school. Max and I were public school. Do your mom? Do your mom and dad talk this way? Uh, not, no, probably not. Andy's dad talks exactly like him. Okay, and where's your dad from, Andy? He is also from uh, Milwaukee. Born in Boston, grew up in Milwaukee, Wauwatosa, and he's been there ever since. A fine gentleman. What, what, year, what, what, oh, I don't doubt it. What, how old was he when he moved from Boston to Milwaukee? Because now I'm starting to, this a little Boston Brahmin accent is, sort of makes yeah. a little bit of a sense. How old was he when he moved to Milwaukee? A little too young. I think three or four. They, my grandfather was at Tufts Dental School, as I oh, understand it. Well, up. That's, ex- yes. that's what it is. That's yep. a classic Tufts Dental School accent. I know. I used to do, <laughs> I used to DJ at WMFO. All mm-hmm. right, now I think I've heard everything I need to hear, and I understand about 30% of it. I'm going uh, back to the tornado room that is my chambers, and I will render my verdict in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Uh, Max, how do you feel about your chances in this case? You know what? I feel that Andy really misled Judge Hodgman in me saying that I can... Or that I mess with stuff, or and also his uh, his instance that I snap at waitresses. If you could, and could if I could, but the thing is, that's, I have a million abilities in my life, but snapping my fingers just isn't one of them. Never been able to do it yet. They accuse me of that's how I get attention to him. That's not true. No, There's all sorts of misleading that went on here by Andy. If you could, could snap. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not disinclined because of, because of the tone of your defense. I feel like Max, maybe if you could snap at waitresses, you would. I don't think so. I'm inclined mm. to believe that's the case. Andy, how do you feel about your chances? I, I feel pretty confident. I, I can see a curveball coming, but yeah, I feel like I've 
set forth a pretty uh, cut and dry argument here, and Max's actions are indeed cringeworthy. So I think we need we need to bring a stop to this, and this should help because this is a impassioned uh, debate that we have uh, very regularly, and because uh, we do a lot of socializing, we're social beings, so this happens quite a bit. Andy, is it fair to say that you're confident about a lot of different stuff in your life? <laughs> uh, that would probably be misguided confidence uh, if that is the case. But yeah, probably. We can go with that. We'll be back with the decision in just a second on Judge John Hodgman. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020... I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. I have been searching very carefully through my my dictionary of Caucasian slang terms for some illumination of the chicken and the pig's leg or whatever it was you were saying. I am I am I think that may be a complete neologism, and I am fascinated. You know, the one of the reasons that our president Barack Obama is so unnerving to people is that he he represents a. Uh, 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 a new kind of America, one where traditional uh, power uh, and racial and class and uh, demographic structures um, are, uh, don't, are breaking down, where those lines are blurred. And people, particularly those um, 
who are disempowered in the real American economy, but come from a, a tradition of empowerment due to uh, their family class and background, really find it to be unnerving to see uh, this this biracial president who's lived in 17 different states and countries uh, and, and, and represents a kind of a, a future of America that is unrecognizable to a lot of people. And I feel that way talking to you guys. You guys represent some form of Caucasia that I don't, I don't, I have no idea what you are. I got Thurston Howell III over here uh, talking, talking like the worst guy in Nantucket, but he's from a, a long, he's long, from a long line of Milwaukeeans. And then we got, uh, we got uh, uh, Max over here, the man from uh, Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina, who, 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 who sounds, if anything, uh, like uh, like Ginsburg from Mad Men, uh, who is willing to tell people that they uh, that they ought to go back to community college, even as a joke on a popular semi pop uh, listened to podcast. But meanwhile, this guy who's 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 wa- uh, flagging uh, who's treating service personnel waitrons as as though they as though they are literally cyborgs who are who have been built to serve him uh, lives under lives in the eaves. Uh, 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 of a frat house cleaning up vomit from uh, uh, of younger people. I don't know what's going on, you guys. And like, and like the the levels. This is, I think, this is what happens when when white people are just isolated too much by themselves. They just turn on each other for the smallest thing. Like you're having a fight over campuses of the University of, of Wisconsin. Like it's it's a it's what what's it called? What's it called? Uh, Whitewater versus Madison, uh, uh, Warhawks versus Badgers. It's like these are meaningless distinctions to anyone but you two. And there's so much class stuff that is going on in this case that I, at first I was going to be like, well, here's, you know, here's another couple of young people who don't know how to, don't know how to, how to treat other people well, but, but there's more, there's more at work here. And I, and I don't understand. It's profoundly unnerving, you guys, profoundly unnerving to me. Somebody who, who went to Yale and thought he understood white America, but I guess I don't anymore. I want my country back. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, in, in the meantime, so I don't know what you're what you're playing at, Andy, with your nomenclature and your euphemisms and your red pants and your diction uh, and your and your social beings. Uh, but um, you're, but I do appreciate even though even though I'm I'm not sure. I appreciate your snob, your sort of your 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 nose up uh, Thurston Howell dismissal of of the lesser of the of the University of Madison uh, University of uh, Wisconsin campuses. I do appreciate that you tip correctly. A dollar or 2 dollars on every drink that is reasonable particularly uh in uh, in uh, in in Madison Wisconsin in the in the middle in the middle west where tips of any kind I think are really appreciated and not always 100% given. Uh but I could be wrong. Uh, and uh, 20 to 25% on a restaurant check, 15% if service is really bad, you know, I, I, I think that you're, you're tipping in the right zone uh, and you, for the year 2013. And I also think that uh, despite your, um, your, your treating of Max as, uh, as a subhuman for having gone to uh, the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater, um, you, you do seem committed to, uh, at least in your shame around your friend, uh, to treating uh, wait staff and bar staff as fellow human beings who deserve a modicum of respect. Max, I don't think you intend to be the monster that you are. You clearly know to tip. I don't think, you know, I, I would like to make it clear that it is the opinion of this court that stiffing on a tip under any circumstances is not allowed, not allowable, not on a restaurant check an oversight with a, when, when you're, uh, when you're buying drink, drink by drink to miss a tip, a round of tips in there is fine. So long as you compensate later on or get the That's person what I at do. the end of the night. Easy max. I don't, I don't think you intend to be the monster that you are. And I don't even think you are the monster that you are. I think that you just have a little bit, uh, 
a little bit of, of um, refinement that you need to your approach to wait and bar staff so that you can make sure that the tips you are giving are serving the purpose that you need them to serve, which is to say, thank you for decent service, and more importantly, to invest in better service the next time you come in. Your behavior in a restaurant, and particularly your tips in a restaurant, but even more so, I would say, your behavior in a restaurant is an investment in the kinds of service that you wish to receive the next time you come into a place. And that is why I think it's important to tip uh, appropriately, generously, even if you're going into a place the first time, but to tip with reckless generosity if, if you intend to make the place a regular place that you want to go to. And it is equally important, and, for, and I would say more important, to establish personal relationships with the people who are bringing your food, not because they're, they're, uh, they're somehow a special class of humans, who, uh, 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 but because you want them to be nice to you in future. And people, if you are nice to them, will be nice to you back, and you will all have a great time. It is true what you say, Max. They are being paid to be there. But that does not mean that you have uh, uh, license uh, to treat them callously. And while I don't think that you're being a real jerk, and I would say that Andy's suspicion that you would snap or yell garçon or say, <laughs> I need service over here or any of the other things that he suspects of you uh, have been proven in any way. That might just be the, the fugue state uh, fantasy of his own red slacked mind. Uh, he's projecting onto you the low-class slob that he wants you to be. But that said, there are a couple things you need to understand. When you are seated at a restaurant where you are receiving service, uh, there is one person who is assigned to you to give you service. The people who are bussing your table are not there to take orders. They are helping the person who is coming to you to help you. If you need service, it is appropriate to say to another Waiter or waitress or waitron or even the bus person, could you please send uh, our waiter or waitress or waitron over so I can order something else? That would be okay. Second, you must never, you must never yell at someone, excuse me, because that's rude. And particularly if their back is turned to you, that is a surefire way to make sure that you never get service, good service, ever, ever again. The key to all of human interaction, and critically in a restaurant or bar, where, which, which is a place where the professional world and the personal world, much like Obama's America, have very fluid boundaries, the key is to treat people with respect and to make eye contact Wait for eye contact, get eye contact, make your request politely, tip furiously, and I swear to you, you will never be in a position where someone's back is turned to you again. I find in favor of Thurston Howell III, this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Andy, how do you feel right now? I feel great. Validated. I think that Max and I are about to embark on a whole new journey of having our food not spit in and having great service. Uh, I think <clears throat> I think it's going to be really a great change of pace now that I've uh, garnered the decision here. How are you feeling, Max? Uh, looks like I, I've been go- thinking about my life all wrong up to this point. Yeah, I really did not see the condemnation Judge John Hodgman brought down upon me here. That I really do need to reconsider how I interact with the service industry. Great words to hear. Yeah. I think you guys should should just take take this as a as a teaching moment, honestly, to 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 rethink everything about humanity. Hmm. All of your all of your assumptions about humanity are about half right. <laughs> and I and I think you're good guys, but you need to be a little less judgmental uh, and a, and a little bit more open minded of the people who of each other and the people around you. Perhaps, Perhaps. Yeah. you could be onto something there. <laughs>
Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Judge Hodgman. Uh, uh, excuse excuse me. me, Bailiff Jesse. Excuse Bailiff, me. I need some. I need to do the docket over here. Hey, excuse bail- me. Oh, wait, are you? I doing- need to do the docket. Are are you doing the same thing? Oh, oh I forgot. Yeah, I was just trying to. I forgot. I, for- I forgot. I forgot the class differential in our relationship. Are we equals? Right. I guess we are. Whoops. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Before- we're both getting paid. I guess. <laughs> Why aren't we treating each other more poorly if we're both getting paid? Hey, Bailiff Jesse, thanks for your service. Here's a nickel. Hey, before we go on to the docket, can I just say uh, our, the title of this uh, verdict, Badgering the Waitress, was submitted by our own great Julia Smith. Not only is that a great, great title, and I hate puns normally, but I had no idea going into this that at least one of these guys was actually a badger, uh, a student at the or a, 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 an alum of the uh, University of Wisconsin. That's amazing. I three-way pun. Three, which is three-way pun. The- the greatest accomplishment in the world of puns. No one's ever done it before. Well done, Julia. And no one will ever do it again, if I All have right. my say. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> here's, here's a case from Tim. He writes, I'm writing to the court on the matter of holiday travel plans. My girlfriend, Ms. Ledoux, and I are U.S. citizens who moved to London two years ago. Two years ago, she spent Christmas with me and my parents in my childhood home in Boston, Massachusetts. Last year, she couldn't travel for visa reasons and remained alone in London while I spent Christmas in Beantown. This year, with frequent reminders that I had abandoned Miss Ledoux last year, I agreed to spend Christmas with her family in Washington, D.C. The dispute I bring before your lordship... I don't know, do you need to be addressed by your lordship by expatriates living in the Commonwealth? Only only if you're... uh, uh... Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. A man named Andy from Milwaukee. Would I would <laughs> I accept such frippery? Well, why are you wearing that wig, though? That's the second question. I meant to ask you that at the top, but that's it how is I, a real lordshipy horsehair wig you're that's wearing. That's how I get good service in restaurants. <laughs> the dispute I bring before your lordship arose as Ms. Ledoux began to contemplate the cost and difficulty of travel across the pond. As she and I will both be flying in and out of Boston, Ms. Ledoux has begun to argue my original position that I should spend Christmas in Boston. I, in turn, have taken up Ms. Ledoux's old position, i.e. that I should spend Christmas with her family in D.C. Now we're both arguing our pos- for positions internally, which we do not hold. The debate has become profoundly confusing. I beseech the court of your lordship, Judge John Hodgman, to either disentangle or cut this Gordian knot. Furthermore, I ask that your lordship uphold the decision Ms. Ledoux and I made together, that we both go to Washington, D.C., before she balked at the price. All right. First of all, why are you calling your girlfriend Ms. Ledoux? What is she? Is she, is she a spy? <laughs> is she like a member of the Thunderbirds? Is she like driving around? A, is she a marionette who's driving around in a in a in a white uh, Rolls Royce convertible that turns into a rocket? Ms. Ledoux in London 
What? And why is she having visa problems? What is going on? What is wrong with your girlfriend? What is she? Is she an international criminal? A cat burglaress or burglartron? To be non-gender specific. <laughs> first of all, my first ruling is you should call your girlfriend by a regular name. Although Ms. Ledoux sounds pretty sexy. Next. Uh, you know what? I don't... Uh, if you are going to have all kinds of problems about affording being able to do things that you n need to do, like family obligations, why are you living in London, the most expensive city in the world? That's something I also do not understand. But I guess you're not being paid to be there? I don't, I don't why get is it. The what? Here's the question. My question is, why is the breaking point not the flight from London to America... But the flight from Boston to Washington, D.C. Couldn't you just rent a car? Or the Acela. You could take the Acela. Yeah, I don't know how cheap the Acela is. The Acela is not that cheap, is it? There are a lot of holes in this story. I think we both agree, Bale of Jesse. Yeah, and I'm think, not buying I, it. This I sounds think, like a cover story from some sort of Eastern European spy. Yeah, and I think, and I think the cover story is she realizes that you're both be flying to Boston and then traveling on to D.C. And now she's saying, I want to just go to D.C. by myself. You should stay in Boston. You're not taking the hint, right? Yeah, I think she's, she's breaking balking. up with you. Yeah, she's not balking at the price of the trip. She's balking at you coming along with her. Maybe she doesn't want you to meet her parents. Maybe she's just not ready to take that step. Maybe she just wants Christmas by herself. But yeah, the, you... you, you I rule in her favor. Even for just calling Boston Beantown, I was going to rule against you. So there you go. I, I rule to take a shower once in a while so he's not so embarrassing. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that you have that supernatural sense of smell. You can, you can smell the litigants off of their electronic mails to the docket. I can smell him avoiding trying to take a shower by overwriting that question. Good point. Jacob writes, my friend Matthew and I have a disagreement with his friend Jill. Jill says it's acceptable to refer to LL Cool J as L, as if that is the first initial of his chosen public appellation. Wrong. Keep going. Matthew points out that the me, rapper there's a, actors... There's a lot more about this that's wrong, so I can just keep going on the wrongs. You just keep going on the thing. Matthew points out that the rapper slash actor's real first name is James. Correct. And if you must refer to him, I would... I would describe it as his given first name rather than his real first name. And if you right. must refer to him by a single letter, J is therefore the appropriate letter. Wrong. I agree with Matthew, and I make the following argument. If LL Cool were a title like Not, Captain... it isn't. It would be fine to call him L, much as one might refer to Captain America as Cap. No, it would not be fine. Go on. But as we all know, LL Cool J stands for Ladies Love Cool James. This makes LL Cool a descriptor like The Amazing in The Amazing Spider-Man. I suggest that all hip-hop references should be understood through elaborate comic book metaphors, by the way. Man, <laughs> and nobody would ever refer to Spidey as Amazy. Only if they were awesome. <laughs> Jill is unconvinced. We therefore seek guidance from... T.H. Judge J.H. and his distinguished bailiff, L.L. Cool J.T. First of all, none of you are entitled to refer to L.L. Cool J. by his first name because of every word that you wrote in that docket. <laughs> beyond that, beyond that, I don't know what you're arguing about. L. is incredibly vague and would not be an appropriate nickname slash casual reference LL uh, if you it would be okay to my ear at least yeah but, LL is what people call him so call him that oh is that what they call him see I don't know Jesse honestly m my deep familiarity with rap music ended at about the time I was driving around in my mom's Subaru listening to mama says knock you out and then after that I don't know anymore so I'll yeah, defer plenty to of people your call plenty of people call LL Cool J LL including LL Cool J so call him LL Ella, that's it, right? The end? Done. Problem solved. Solved. Now, now you can watch NCIS Los Angeles in peace. <laughs> is that the show he's on? That I think is that's the, show. the show he's on. With Robin. Yeah, with Robin from Batman and Robin. Yep. They're, they both have very high Q scores. When do you think is the last time Robin watched Batman and Robin? 
you think you? And what like, do you, you think, think it's going, a Christmas? You think it's a Christmas tradition at his house? No, I just think it's like you know. I'm sure that he wishes it never existed. You think so? Do you think that? Do you Chris, think Chris, that Robin Chris Evans, right? is on Chris O'Donnell? Chris O'Donnell, sorry. Right. Do you think Chris that Evans he, is Captain America? Cap, as we say. Do you think that he is on NCIS Los Angeles if he was never Robin? If he was just the promising guy? I mean, obviously, maybe if he was never Robin, he would have taken another choice that would have taken his considerable charisma and good looks and talent into a thing that would have made him the movie star that some thought he would continue to be for longer than he turned out to be. But if we presume that that didn't happen, that this isn't, that the only thing that he didn't do is not become Robin in Batman and Robin, do you think that he would now, today, 15 years later, be NCIS Los Angeles I tell you, let me tell you this right now, Jesse. As as an occasional on-camera personality... I would be the other guy on NCIS any day of the week. I would love that job. Yeah, well, it's a great job. That's why I ask. That's what I'm saying. Well, on the one hand, it is an artistic nadir in Chris O'Donnell's career in that that is a universally reviled film. Uh, It is probably the famousest film he ever made. And it was the thing that said, hey, this guy is definitely a famous person for keeps, right? Yeah, well, I think that that's, I mean, I think that this guy is a famous person for keeps is the part that maybe got arguable about five or six years after Batman and Robin came out, where where people, where he was more of a curiosity. Well, that's what they're, that, but yeah, but that's but yes. why they're looking for like a Mark Paul Gosseler is the star of one of those shows too, I think. Here's and these what, guys right. are very, both very handsome, likable, charismatic, talented yeah. guys. Um, but the th- but I wonder if Batman and Robin isn't the thing that puts Chris O'Donnell on the to- over the top even now yeah, into getting you, you to be on NCIS LA. Here's what I think about. Here's what I hope for Chris O'Donnell. First of all, loved you in uh, Kit Kittredge and American Girl. Very moving, yeah. perf- very moving performance and a movie that is actually good. Chris O'Donnell, I like I like your work and I hope that he is happy that Batman and Robin occurred and enjoyed it for the experience that it was and for the opportunities that it opened. And I, and I hope he is happy where he is now because it's, it's a great job. Uh, and I hope that he is not unhappy for all the reasons that I hope anyone is unhappy. But if he is unhappy, I hope that he does not uh, look and obsess over Batman and Robin as the thing that should have sent him on one direction but didn't. That's all I hope. I but hope that is- too for Chris O'Donnell. I hope it for everyone. I hope that LL Cool J is happy. And if he's not happy, I hope he doesn't blame toys. Although he'd certainly be willing to reason. Uh, he'd certainly be in his rights to. How often do you think LL Cool J listens to his album, Goat, Greatest of All Time? Mm, twice a week. You're probably about twice a week. That sounds yeah. about right. Like if he needs to get pumped for something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, a, like a really intense scene on NCIS Los Angeles. Oh. Now I'm concerned that if I've said this, I'm never going to get a chance to be third or fourth or fifth lead on any of those long-running shows. The problem is they all shoot in Los Angeles. I would love to be that. You know where NCIS Los Angeles always shoots is immediately outside our office. They're here like every other month shooting something. I would love to have that job. What a great job. The greatest. I would love to be as as just, just to have the sheer watchability of a Chris O'Donnell or an LL Cool J. Like, I like to watch LL Cool J do stuff. That's what it comes down to. When people say, how do you get on television? It's just, humans gotta like to watch it. Yeah. Well, anyway, they gotta, on the they radio. gotta not be disgusted by your mustache. Alright, moving on. Okay. That's, that's all we've got this week. Um, our... Uh, <laughs> Our case name this week came from our producer, producer Julia Smith. But Thanks, if you Julia. want to suggest a name for a case, like us on Facebook. Just search for Judge John Hodgman or follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne, at Judge John Hodgman. You can also follow MaximumFun.org on Twitter, by the way, at MaxFunHQ. And guess what? We just put MaxFunCon tickets on sale. So come to the mountains of Southern California for a weekend. Hang out with me and the judge and our celebrity and pseudo-celebrity friends and your new best pals from the Max Fun community and uh, it's a really special amazing thing. MaxFunCon.com well, 
I'll second all of that, but do all of those things once you have bought tickets. Don't do it without yeah, buying tickets. Yeah, don't just tickets. show up. Or, or I will personally escort you from the premises, which may, be, you know may be your thing. If this is LL Cool J or Chris O'Donnell listening, yeah, you're welcome. I extend you an invitation. Please come on, come Free, on up. You have to email me. You don't have to buy tickets, but you do have to email me so I know you're coming. And Chris so I can get a bed gonna, ready for you. Chris O'Donnell's going to come up there to kick me to death, but that's fine. I, I take not. it. He's not. We clearly it. like Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, that's true. Chris O'Donnell is a talented, handsome. There's nothing wrong with Chris O'Donnell. Hey, you know who I like? We have Jesse? no beef with that man. Who's you know that? who I like? I love all of the Judge Sean Hodgman listeners and non-Judge Sean Hodgman listeners who came to see my shows in Seattle and uh, San Francisco this past weekend and all of the shows that I did this fall. It was truly an amazing experience. Um, the first the first work that I'd ever written specifically for performing on stage without having written it for any other purpose than to give it to you as comedy in a standing up condition. And it was an amazing experience. And I'm grateful to you all. I'll let you know if I have any more shows coming up. Just... Keep an eye on johnhodgman.com, specifically johnhodgman.com slash tour. And remember, the Judge John Hodgman podcast is supported in part by Rick and Morty, the new Adult Swim animated comedy from Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon of Community. Rick, a sociopathic scientist, drags grandson Morty on dangerous adventures full of robot dogs, alien sex offenders, and rectal smuggling through interdimensional customs. Voiced by Chris Parnell, Sarah Chalk, Spencer Grammer, Justin Roiland, and more celebrities. Rick and Morty, Monday nights at 1030 on Adult Swim. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. Thanks, bye. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.